This episode of Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music is sponsored by Town Brewery. Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Songs About Jane by Maroon 5, released in 2002 under Octone and J Records. And my guest is Tiff. Hello. I feel like that's my like signature hello every time I'm on the podcast. I sing it. Hello. You have successfully secured a signature Tiff greeting on the podcast <laughs> as one of our longstanding podcast members. Yeah, this must be like episode... How many episodes have we done together now? Five or oh six? Oh my gosh. Uh, I feel like you've, you're probably at... I think you're at six, if I'm counting correctly. Was there one in between Beyonce and um, The Killers? Uh, after Frank Ocean, I feel like there's some, something in between before we did The Killers. Blonde's episode two. There's no way it went from two to 12, did it? Well, you did make an appearance on episode five. You were here with Carrie and I. Oh, yes. You did make an appearance in that episode. Well, we'll uh, take that offline and figure it out. We'll take it offline. (laughs) But I think you're in and around five, five appearances on the podcast. And funnily enough, you were with me uh, last year when we first welcomed 2020 before we realized what kind of a year 2020 was going to be. You and I had the first uh, recording session of that year on Chinese New Year. Do you remember? Yes, I do. I, you had like all these goals for 2020 and then... <laughs> and then they all just like <laughs> went out the window. Yeah, completely. I think the one thing we might have done was like, at least we were able to like save money on like all the concerts that we didn't attend, all the bars that we didn't go to for a good time. Yeah. But everything else is like, well, did I eat better this year? No, because I was seeking comfort food. That actually, no, maybe I didn't save money because a lot of that money went to... Went to food. Food and booze. <laughs> Food and all of the booze. I know the two, like, I pr- I'm sure the two, like, most common New Year's resolutions are like, I'm going to drink less and I'm going to eat less. And, you know, going into 2020, I was just like, probably I can, like, tone it down in both of those categories. And no, it just went completely the other way, swung the pendulum hard into the other yeah. direction when quarantine hit. Exactly. Especially like working from home for pretty much, I guess, three quarters of the year, right? Yeah. Like- in March. So it's like, well, we're not walking around the office anymore, going like walking to meetings and like out and about. I am enjoying like not having to commute to the office though. That's 100%. That, that's been great. But, but then you lose time on, um, I find you, you kind of lose time discovering new music because a lot of the times when you're driving to and from work, you have Spotify on and you might listen to your discover weekly and like listen to new stuff. But then without that, because you lose that commuting time, it's like, well, you have to find ways at home to actually listen to music that's it's been a bit tough I find sometimes if I'm just you know working on if I'm working on comics or if I'm just maybe like organizing or cleaning I'll definitely have or even cooking I'll have music on and stuff yeah I just feel like it I listen to music a little bit more when we weren't working from home that's fair the commute definitely gives you that avenue to just put on your tunes and just go. But knowing like, thank God, honestly, thank God that this year is over. This was a dumpster fire of a year and (laughs) I am so ready for a new leaf. I mean, not that it's, you know, business as usual. Like we still have to deal with COVID-19 and social distancing and we're in a lockdown right now in Toronto where you and I are based. So it's still tough. It doesn't really feel like a new year, but I feel like it brings the promise of something better to come. Yeah. All we're asking for this year is to be better than 2020. I don't think like 
those standards are that like ridiculous. You know? It's literally the lowest bar you could possibly set, <laughs> but I'm excited to have you here, Tiff, and uh, come back full circle from your first episode of 2020, first episode of 2021 that we're recording in the new year. So um, thank you for deciding to come back to the pod. I'm very excited for our episode today. I'm super jazzed to be here. Thank you for welcoming me back. You are so, so welcome. Uh, Tiff, we're talking about a pretty big band, Maroon 5, today, which we haven't done on the podcast yet. I'm surprised it took me 35 episodes because they're a pretty uh, well-known group. Um, Before we get into the record songs about Jane, what do you say we talk a little bit about the band's history? Yes, let's do it. I need a refresher because I haven't listened to them beyond 2004. (laughs) I'll hook you up, girl. I got you covered. Don't worry. Maroon 5 is a five-piece pop rock band hailing from Los Angeles, California. This is the debut era of Maroon 5, the year 2002. So we're going to talk about what their original lineup looked like then, which included Adam Levine on Lee Go... Okay, one more time. (laughs) I've already had two of these. Did you? Big, yeah. It includes Adam Levine on lead vocals and rhythm guitar. Jesse Carmichael on keyboards and rhythm guitar, James Valentine on lead guitar, Ryan Dusick on drums, and Mickey Madden on bass. The band was originally called Cara's Flowers, which was formed in 1994 by Levine, Carmichael, Madden, and Dusick while they were still in high school in LA. And the name was in honor of a girl that all four boys claimed they had a crush on at school. Did you say her name was Carla? Cara. Oh, Cara. Oh, that's a nice name. Like Cara Delevingne. Yeah. Yeah. Cara's flowers with a K. Cara with a K though. Oh, okay. It's close enough. But still, but still, I thought that was a cute fact. And also they formed in 1994, which was the year your girl was born. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) The band had a couple failing singles, but then they decided to add James Valentine to their main lineup and they switched over their sound producing singles such as Sunday Morning and Harder to Breathe, both which appear on this record. And that caught the attention of people like John Mayer, with whom they would later open for on tour. And it secured their record deal with Octone Records. Which I thought that was a fun fact too with John Mayer. That is a fun fact. I like John Mayer, actually. I listened to him more in university, but I kind of stopped after the Continuum album, which I think is the best John Mayer album to date. It's like the, the electric guitar one. Like, yeah, no, not as not acoustic. It's the greatest. Yeah, 100%. I also feel like John Mayer and Adam Levine would like have a lot of common ground. Like, I just feel like they would like go out and probably like hang out and be friends. Yeah, they're both fuckboys. It's obvious. <laughs> And we're there. We've already established the vibe for today's episode. We can talk more on that later. Let's just get through this intro. We will follow <laughs> up on the fun boys. Yes, we'll follow up. Um, uh, so the album, Songs About Jane, was their debut album released in 2002 with five accompanying singles, Harder to Breathe, This Love, She Will Be Loved, Sunday Morning, and Must Get Out. Adam Levine has been very open about the fact that the album was inspired by his ex-girlfriend, his muse, Jane, saying that in every song, there's at least one line about her. I don't know who this Jane is, but she sounds like kind of a handful. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> based on this record. I think I read somewhere. Yeah. So her name is Jane Herman. And apparently he first spotted her at a gas station. They dated for a few years before splitting. And then apparently she went on to write for Vogue magazine and they're still friendly today, supposedly. Interesting. Yeah. And he apparently also asked her permission to use her name on the album. So I guess like, and like you said, like she was definitely like the muse for, for this body of work. And it's interesting too, I remember seeing um, Adam Levine was telling, I think it was MTV News. He was saying how, yes, it's an album about 
Jane, but the name Jane, like if you think about like Jane Doe, it's very universal too, right? So it's specific if you're thinking about it from his point of view, but it's also very global, which was, which is kind of cool. The album is considered a sleeper hit. Its initial release wasn't particularly groundbreaking, but upon a re-release in October 2003, it peaked at number six on the Billboard charts and it ended up selling over 10 million copies worldwide. And since then, Maroon 5 as a band have dropped five more records, snagged three Grammy Awards, three American Music Awards, and overall have sold over 120 million albums globally. That's crazy. I didn't realize that their like success kind of just... Well, I guess so. I just didn't pay attention to them like post like songs about Jane. I was like, okay, you're still doing things cool, but yeah, they they they're very like they're very much like a top forty people pleaser band, pop rock band. They're not, yeah. yeah. I think I I didn't actually put this in my notes, but I want to say Maroon Five played the Super Bowl one year, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think I made fun of them for um, taking that on, and then I watched it. I was like, oh, you're playing a lot of songs from songs about Jane, which is the only album I know. So I appreciate that, but yeah. I feel like I remember watching Adam Levine take his shirt off in front of like a stadium of people. And I was like, yeah, that checks out. (laughs) Of course he would. That makes sense. That makes sense. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Town Brewery. Town Brewery is Whippy's Brewery with a Heart, opening in 2017 with a mission to make beer better and the community stronger. They are known for their pale ales and IPAs, but also dabble in lagers, stouts, and sours, all while donating a percentage of their sales to charity and collaborating with local changemakers, including Canadian bands such as The Dirty Nil and Dizzy, and environmental groups like One Tree Planted and the Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup. I really like how um, they give back a portion of their sales to the community. That's like... Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's like super important to me as like a, as like someone that's buying product, you know? It's like it gives breweries an edge if you notice that they're doing stuff like this. One of my favorite songs off this Maroon 5 record is She Will Be Loved. And in particular, the lyric, look for the girl with the broken smile. And since there is no better way to fix a broken smile than with laughter, today we will be drinking one of Town Brewery's newest experimental lagers, Laugh Basket. This particular brew begins with Niagara white grape juice and lemon curd, thanks to the meeting of hops and wheat, with crisp, clean flavors of bread crust and crackers. Laugh Basket is currently sold out, but it will be back in stock in the near future. Until then, you can find other great selections at Town Brewery in Whitby, Ontario, online at www.townbrewery.ca, and their Square Wheels IPA and Outside Jokes Pale Ale at your local LCBO. It's a new year, so shop local and stay safe. Okay, so Tiff, before we get into some of these songs on the record, what's your relationship look like with Maroon 5? How did you first start listening to them? Do you still listen to them? What is uh, what is your vibe with the five boys from LA? What is my vibe? <laughs> um, so similar to my experience with discovering the killers, I definitely heard about Maroon 5 from Much Music's weekly top 30 music video countdown. Um, I think the first song and music video I heard and saw was This Love. To me, at the time, um, I really loved that song, which is so catchy. Yeah. And then that kind of prompted me to actually buy the CD. And then it was, to me, Songs About Jane was like a grade 12 Sony Walkman school bus memory, right? Similar to my experience with The Killers. And I just remember, like, at that time, my CD rotation was between Hot Bus, Songs About Jane, Confessions by Usher. Of course. Which I know you already have on the pod. And Funeral <laughs> by Arcade Fire, um, which were all released that same year in 2004. I, I just feel like 2004 was a great year for music. I was actually just looking at the top 100 albums of 2004 yesterday. And I noticed so many gems. Like, let me list a few. College Dropout by Kanye West was Oh my gosh. Good. 
Love Angel Music Baby, Gwen Stefani. That was 2004? Yeah, right? Holy, yeah, wow. And then Let It Die by Feist, some Canadian talent there. Love it. Um, The Franz Ferdinand self-titled album. And then also Modest Mouse, Death From Above, 1979, Sierra, Phantom Planet. So like that (gasps) California song, the OC. California. California. Um, But the most important album of all that was released in 2004 was Mad Villainy by Mad Villain. So they're a hip hop MC duo consisting of MF Doom and Madlib, and they're both legendary underground rappers, producers in the scene. And I didn't listen to MF Doom at that time, but I just had to give a quick shout out after learning about his passing on New Year's Eve. He was just so influential and did so much for the hip hop scene like Jay Dilla, and he had many excellent collaborative works with like-minded enthusiasts, and he's going to be sorely missed. Like, all caps made the supervillain rest in power. That was a huge digression, so we can <laughs> go back to uh, songs about Jane, but I just really wanted to kind of put that out here, just because it's been on my mind, and it's the album that I've been listening to over the last uh, a couple of days, kind of in memory of him. Absolutely, in tribute. But in terms of the album Songs About Jane, I didn't necessarily feel a special connection. And I feel like it's because I didn't really, I didn't really feel connected to Adam Levine as a front man as much as I did with Red and Flowers circa Hot Bus during that time. Like, is it just me or does Adam Levine give off serious fuckboy energy? Because music videos are like pretty garbage, like not gonna (laughs) lie. Like if you, I was just watching the music videos for um, This Love and She Will Be Loved yesterday. Yeah. This is so fucking cringe. It's literally just sex scene after sex scene. (laughs) Lots of making out, whether it's on a bed or in a pool. Like, wasn't he two-timing his girlfriend with his mom? Like, it just seems like... Not his mom. Not her mom. Her mom. Her mom. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This is... Yeah, there's no incest here. There's no Oedipal um, urges (laughs) in the Maroon 5 videos. I just want to be very clear. (laughs) Yeah, like, I just... I don't know. I just... I don't like Adam Levine as a frontman, and... And Maroon 5 was just one of those bands that I stopped following after the first album. Right. And I think it was, and I think, um, actually, no, I think I did hear like the first single from their sophomore album. And I just wasn't like super impressed by it. So I kind of just fell off, but no disrespect to their work on songs about Jane. I just, maybe it's just me. Like, how, okay, tell me about how you feel about Maroon 5. What is your experience versus mine? Because I feel like I'm being a, a negative Nancy right now. No, not at all. I feel like I, so the, the music video thing, we're going to have to circle back to when we talk about some of the songs because yes. I'm going to have some beef with you in a moment about <laughs> specifically the She Will Be Loved music video because I love that one. But anyways, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, the music videos are definitely what got me into the band. Similar to you, I remember watching the Friday Night Much Music Countdown and that 100% was where I first saw Adam Levine like rolling around on a bed with this, you know, half naked woman <laughs> singing <laughs> This Love, which like that video, man, for like I was, uh, this was 2004, so I would have been 10 and I should not have, like that was, you know, that was like a, a 14A music video at best. I feel like they had to edit some part of that out. Like MTV had to edit some of the sex scenes out because it was like, too much. Virtual, and it was like too too sexy for <laughs> too sexy for TV. Too sexy for TV. Yes, <laughs> seriously. But I, but I do. That's that was like my first introduction to them, and we mentioned it a little bit in the beginning. But um, the album itself it would have come out in two thousand two. But they really didn't rise to fame until two years later, which is why the album itself was such a sleeper hit, right? So I remember them like 
you know, skyrocketing and like hearing them on the radio and having them be this like very popular top 40 band. I can't say I've really listened to all of their songs, like even listening to songs about Jane in preparation for our episode of today, like there were a lot that I was like, I vaguely remember this, but it, it may be not as memorable as I thought it was going to be, except for the hits. The hits are huge. And like, you know, the, the five main singles, like She Will Be Loved, This Love, Harder to Breathe, Must Get Out, um, The morning. Last One's Escaping Me. Thank you. Sunday Morning. Those ones are stuck in my head. Everything else like kind of fell by the wayside. So it was good to get a bit of a refresher. For me, Maroon 5, like they're always going to be this top 40 crowd pleasing kind of like mom, <laughs> mom bands. Like they're, they're edgy for people who only listen to top 40. Yeah. You know, they're like they're the bad boys of top 40. They're basic AF, but <laughs> we appreciate songs about Jane, specifically the hits, specifically the hits. But I do want people to realize that like, even though they're, um, very, pop music they have done some alternative work which i wanted to bring attention to so for example adam levine did a really great cover of the song pure imagination from willy wonka which i don't think a lot of people have heard and it's actually a really great version i have not heard that actually it is really nice his voice suits it really well and uh it just it it was something unexpected i always like when artists kind of come out of left field so i felt i had a lot of respect for him after doing that they've also got a great track on uh the hunger Games soundtrack like, remember when Hunger Games was like, everyone was talking about Hunger Games? Katniss Everdeen, may yes. the be ever in your favor. <laughs> so yes, that era, which I was in like high school when that was happening. And I was listening to that soundtrack constantly. And my favorite song off the soundtrack is Come Away to the Water by Maroon 5. Different sound for them, but I liked that they took it in a diff- different direction. I didn't pay attention to the soundtrack for the Hunger Games, but that's interesting. I would highly recommend. Honestly, if for anyone who hates like moves like Jagger and like Ugh, all I hate that song <laughs> with burning passion. <laughs> so you'd probably like these other two songs. I highly recommend it to our listeners to uh to have a gander. I will say, like, I feel like over the last, you know, um 16 years of them being in the spotlight, nobody hit that sellout button faster than Adam Levine. It was like emergency meeting. <laughs> he was like, here we go. Like pop he's like, I want to be a pop star, I want to be on the magazines, I wanna be whatever. Maybe not on the magazines. What do what do guys want out of fame? Girls. Some people are like they wait a little bit before selling out. They're like, no, I want to stick to my I don't want to lose my credibility. Yeah. And Adam Levine is like, hell no, we're making the money and we're making it now. Like, let's go. Yeah, let's do this. The only Adam Levine solo song I appreciated was um Heard Him Say with Kanye West off late registration. Mm-hmm. Good one. And then everything else I haven't paid attention to. You know what I do like? He's featured on the Lonely Islands. Um YOLO. They do a song. You only live once. I haven't watched any of the Lonely Island things, actually. Oh, it's like an old one. It's like it was Adam Levine and Kendrick Lamar. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) You would like it, Tiff. You should check it out. It was good. (laughs) Um, I maybe wasn't using the fuckboy term uh, attributed to Adam Levine before we started recording today, but now that you said it, I'm like, I get it. After being someone who's been in the online dating scene for a while, I get it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Literally, all he's doing in every music video is finding an excuse to hire some sort of like sexy model actress to make out with. Yeah, it kind of makes you feel bad for the rest of the band members. Because it's really all about Adam. It's the Adam Levine show. But anyways. Oh, wait, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I forgot to share a fun fact I think you'll love. Tell me. Rashida Jones, a.k.a. Karen Sings backup vocals. 
Yes. Oh, do you have the same fun fact? Yes. I didn't already know this. I thought I, like, I just came across this, like, yesterday. I was like, oh, my gosh. Karen Filippelli from The Office provides backing vocals on three of the album songs. It's, like, Tangled, Secret, and Not Coming Home. Obviously, all three are B-sides, but still. Yeah. That's cool. Like, I was, I was I, like, what? Like, I know she's Quincy Jones' daughter. So I'm like, okay, well, that checks out. But, like, I didn't know she could sing. Like, we heard her sing on The Office, like, briefly. Remember when she was, like, at... Phyllis's wedding and she sings every little thing she does is magic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do. That's the only time I would have heard her sing, but I wouldn't expect her to do no, backup I have vocals. No idea. Like, how did he find her? I'm just curious. How did the band find her? And like, did she apply? Like, did she like apply? Did she audition? Yeah, uh, yeah, applied. I feel like it's a good job. No. <laughs> An audition for like to be backup vocals. Rashida Jones. Yeah, I love her. I bet you Adam Levine hit on her. Probably. All right, Tiff, what is the first song you want to talk about off of Songs About Jane? I think I want to start with my favorite song off the album. Do you want to take a wild guess? I feel like knowing you and knowing how feisty you are, I want to say, I want to say Harder to Breathe. That is no. (laughs) Nice try, though. Okay, never mind. Why you came to that conclusion? <laughs> um, my favorite song off the out, off the record is "Sunday Morning." Really? Okay, I would not have guessed that. But tell me why it's your favorite. So, some background: like this, the music video, at least uh, for this song, was filmed at Abbey Road Studios in London. I saw that. I watched that video. So great. Yeah, I just watched it yesterday too. And like the ins- and I read that like the inspiration for the video struck the band when they were in Japan and they noticed a few of their songs on the karaoke list at like a Japanese bar, which makes total sense because when you watch the video for Sunday morning, it literally features a karaoke bar, presumably in Japan, and the patrons are singing this love. Um, And this one is my favorite because I feel like it's softer, has jazzy piano elements, and it reminds me of a chill, lazy Sunday vibe. Like how how good does it feel when you're indoors all cozy in bed and hear the rain falling outside I feel like that was last night I think it rained last night it was kind of like pitter-pattering yes when I was in bed it was a nice little calm kind of chill zen feeling and then I listed a few of the lyrics that I guess were calling to me but um, he sings like things just get so crazy living life gets hard to do and I would gladly hit the road get up and go if I knew that someday it would lead me back to you. So to me, this sounds like he's he's longing for someone from his past and wishes they could get back together again. He misses whoever this woman is. And then he also says like, in darkness, she is all I see. Come and rest your bones with me. So I thought that was kind of like a peculiar lyric. Like, what do you mean rest your bones? Like, is this woman deceased? Because if she isn't, it's just not a very good pickup line. Like, hey girl, I just want to rest <laughs> You're like rest your bones with me. Like what? That girl part. come rest your bones with me. <laughs> so that's like part. a Shutter Island situation. Maybe. Spooky. I haven't seen that movie. I think I've only seen it like once and I haven't seen it again, but maybe it's due for a rewatch. You know what? I've never seen it. I've literally had to just like read about the plot and like what happens because I'm too scared to actually watch it. I was just going to tell you, it's not scary. Um, it's just more of a suspenseful thriller and like leo's in it so that's a bonus you know? i know i know he only picks good films to 
star in. So, But here's my thing, because I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not that that was scary, but I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I was like, this is the first time I've ever been bored with a Tarantino movie. I felt that too. I watched it in theaters, I think with Rachel actually. And um, shout out to Rachel. Shouts to Rachel. The first 40 minutes of the movie were like, I was falling asleep, but then things pick up. Like after that 40 minute mark, you didn't really need the first 40 minutes to be honest. No. You know? um, but after the 40 minute mark, I feel like that's when like things started like happening and like, especially the scene when they're, um, when they're all in uh, Leo's house. I don't, I forget his character, like the name of his character. I have no idea. That was just a hilarious kind of scene for a bit. With the, yeah. the flamethrower and shit. Like it was crazy. <laughs> but I agree that movie, that movie could have been like, it, it could have been a, a clean it hour. It could have been edited like a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the margarita scene when he's like sipping his margarita, yelling at the car outside. It was jokes. It, this is off topic, but it's my least favorite Tarantino film probably to date. And I love pretty much everything that he does, but that was like my least favorite. I do love Tarantino. Um, yes, it wasn't. It's not like one of those Tarantino films that you would want to rewatch first. Like there's so many other yeah. epic Tarantino films like Kill Bill. Inglorious uh, Bastards. Inglourious Bastards is great. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is a classic. That's yeah. like, undeniably one of the best films. Maybe if, if Shutter Island is better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, maybe I'll give it a try. As I long as it's not too scary. I, I think I should give it a try. It's not scary. I didn't like, I'm like, I'm a huge wimp when it comes to scary movies. So if I can watch it, then you can watch it. Okay. Good Probably. to know. Good You're to good. know. Uh, we'll, we'll come and rest our bones together. <laughs> I really like Sunday morning as well. I don't know. Like, I I love how you described it where it actually feels like a Sunday morning. And I feel like that was, I I can't even explain it, but I felt the exact same way where I'm like, this song just sounds like hungover, in bed, newspaper, orange juice. Like it just, to me, sounds like a Sunday. The vibe, how they were able to capture it. I found like that was really, really cool. Very romantic song. Like to me, the whole song is about wanting to have a never ending Sunday feeling with somebody. And like, I can get on board with that. Just like jammies all day and, you know, sleepy and no Mondays coming around. Like I hundred percent, that sounds lovely. Like I'm down for that. Um, and the lyrics that you mentioned, I also agree are beautiful. I also wrote down, he sings, uh, that may be all I need. And, oh no, this is the same one you said. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, it's the same lyric. I was gonna be I was gonna be repetitive there, but it's the same the same lyrics that you had talked about. And it has a great jazzy kind of break in the middle. Like there's mm-hmm. a, I think it's between like the second verse and probably the last chorus. They yeah. do take a bit of like a it's like a doom do do do. Yeah, it's an instrumental break, exactly, which is really fun. And then in the outro, Adam says, It's a flower in your hair. I'm a flower in your hair, which to me was kind of a nice nod, knowing the name of their band originally was Cara's Flowers. I thought that was kind of cool that he said like, I'm just a flower in your hair. I don't know. I thought that was really sweet. And if anyone hasn't heard it, I don't know if you've heard this tiff, but Questlove remixed this song. Oh, really? I love Questlove. You know what? (laughs) <laughs> I know you love Questlove. So I would highly recommend um, if anybody wants to listen to Maroon 5, but a Questlove version, Maroon 5 through Questlove's ears, his ear holes, I would uh, recommend. <laughs> Good song, big tune and a big hit for them as well. Okay. I'm going to talk about my favorite song on the record, which I already spoke about, I but- I don't know what it is. It must be, she will be loved. It is a hundred percent. She will <laughs> be loved. Um, 
I have to start this off because of your comment earlier about the videos being trash. Um, this video <laughs> is one of my favorite videos of all time. I will explain the plot briefly to anybody who has yet to watch the video. Um, but basically, Adam Levine is dating this young lady. Her mom is played by the wonderful Kelly Preston, rest in peace, who we lost this year. And basically, throughout the course of the music video, Adam Levine falls for his girlfriend's mom. And they kind of have situations where he'll be like singing and he sees his girlfriend, but then like, it changes and it's like the mom sitting there instead of the girlfriend and then the mom gets really attached to him and at the end the girlfriend kind of figures out that this relationship has been happening behind her back did i does that make sense did i miss anything tiff no i think you got it all covered because i interpreted the video as like a song about an affair like a a mother-daughter love triangle and it kind of reminded me of that movie the graduate with dustin hoffman so yes fiance's mother but he still gets married to her in the end versus Adam Levine chooses the mother. Yeah. And yes, rest in peace, Kelly Preston, for sure. I love in What a Girl Wants. Have you seen What a Girl Wants with Amanda Bynes? Uh, of course I have. Amazing. Like she plays the mom and she's like the cool, like hippie oh, yeah, she mom. mom. I forgot about that. I was so sad when I heard of Kelly Preston's passing. She was she was a treasure. And I read she'd appeared in over 60 films and TV um, shows. Oh man, that's Which is... Bad. Yeah, stacked, I, stacked I, IMDb, hundred percent a downer. But anyways, on another note, this the, this music video is great. It's super dramatic. It's super like early two thousands music video to me. And the song, I do think it is probably the most like genuine, beautiful song on the record. I know the video plays to this love triangle, but I think if you were to separate the video, you could just interpret it as Adam singing to somebody who is maybe a little bit more insecure. Oh, sorry, a woman who is maybe a little bit more insecure, um, who is having trouble in this relationship with him uh, being loved. And that's always what I've interpreted the song to be like. Um, some of the lyrics that I wrote down here were when he sings, tap on my window, knock on my door. I want to make you feel beautiful. I know I tend to get so insecure. It doesn't matter anymore. So he's also addressing like his own faults in the song, which I feel like makes it even more vulnerable. And again, even more genuine. Um, the chorus, like the, I don't, I don't mind spending every day. Like I will scream it every day if I have to. <laughs> I friggin' I, I never, I never get sick of this song. It's a great song. What I do struggle with knowing our previous conversation about Adam Levine is like, is this just a, like a, a, a fuck boy strategy to like pull you in and like tell you what you want to hear. And then he's going to like screw you over tomorrow. I don't know. Like when I hear him sing the chorus, I'm like, Oh, you sound, it sounds genuine when you're like, I don't mind spending every day out on your corner in the pouring rain. Look for the girl with a broken smile. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like he's genuine about it. Um, but then you watch the music video, I'm like, wait. Uh, <laughs> to me, <laughs> it's a lot of making out in the pool. I'm inside a fancy- A lot of making out in the pool. Also inside, like, a fancy mansion home, wherever they reside. Or, like, the mother and daughter and husband reside. Yeah. They, they did a good job in casting Kelly Preston. And I feel like she did have a lot of good chemistry with Adam Levine in the video. And apparently she was somebody who like him growing up, like he had a crush on her. Oh, I think I read that too. Like she was his favorite actress growing up. Yeah. And then he kind of asked her to be in a music video. And then like, it was like his, his like childhood dream that came true, I guess. Yeah. But he also, I, I remember reading an interview where he said like their first kiss on set was kind of awkward because he basically like was like French kissing her. And she was like, no, no. She's like, you're not, we're not allowed to use tongue. She's like, can you please just like not <laughs> can you please just stop it? He was like mortified. And, uh, but he said that the shoot, like it was kind of like 
over and done very quickly. And he's like, I never, before she died, he's like, I never got the chance to work with her again or even like talk to her about like that funny like incident. It's different for me this year watching that video after Kelly Preston has passed because she was obviously very talented, beautiful, and just like made that video iconic in my opinion. Yes, RIP for sure. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Big tune, huge hit. Uh, Where do you want to take us next, Tiff? I guess we should maybe move on to the song that kind of got me into Maroon 5, which is This Love. Huge song. Huge song. Second single off the album, um, and it's one of my favorites. The song seems to be kind of written about Levine's breakup with an ex-girlfriend, and the lyrics kind of depict her as the villain and for being at fault because I noticed some lyrics saying that he sings, um, kept playing love like it was just a game, pretending to feel the same, then turn around and leave again. And then obviously the chorus, like this love has taken its toll on me. She said goodbye too many times before. So this got me thinking, what is the female equivalent to a fuck boy? Is it like a fuck girl? I, I checked Urban Dictionary and <laughs> They describe a fuck girl as a girl who engages in fuckboy behavior, generally oh. thinks they're God's gift to the earth. They don't catch feels, enjoy being single, so they're not tied down to one guy in particular. And they talk to multiple guys, but may have one bay in particular that they're oh actually interested in, and they will refer to it as a situationship. So I thought that was an interesting like tidbit, because I was just curious. Because like you know how, like I guess, in the dating age, this modern dating age, like you hear the words fuck boy everywhere, but, I, but I'm sure there's a female equivalent. And I just assumed it was fuck girl. That term actually exists. Interesting. Um, the more you know, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> this song is like, to me, what really got me into the band. And like, it was super catchy. I'd play it over and over again on repeat. Because you know how when, when you like really enjoy a song, you just listen to it over and over again until you're sick of it. A hundred percent, yeah. That's what this song did for me at the time in high school. But again, watching the music video, I'm like, Okay, it's just like, you know, a lot of extended intimate scenes between Adam Levine. And I figured it out. It was actually um, his then girlfriend at the time. So it wasn't some some random ass. Some hussy. It wasn't like a random, you know, actress that just wanted that that audition to be in a music video. It was his actual partner at the time, right? So I'm like, okay, it makes it better, I guess. It makes it better. It was still pretty like hot and heavy. Like that video is steamy. It's a steamy one. It was, but I enjoyed it. So that's like kind of, that's, I, I think that's all I wrote about that song. Do you have any additional thoughts on this love? Again, I definitely, you know, my 26, almost 27 year old self um, watching this video now, I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable as an adult woman watching this, but like being 10 years old, I probably would have been like, super ashamed if my parents like walked into the room like and I was watching much music and this video was on because like it's pretty what's the word I'm looking for explicit maybe in light of recent videos like how far we've kind of come and what videos look like now it's maybe not super raunchy but like it's you know it's pretty steamy I think it's pretty steamy I also was like mesmer not mesmerized that's the wrong word I was surprised (laughs) surprised to see uh, a tattoo list completely devoid of tattoos, Adam Levine, topless. Oh, because that was... Oh, he didn't have that many tattoos that time, I think? He had zero. There were zero in that video. He has... If you go to... So if you follow the chronology of, like, the videos... So This Love was, like, the first one, I guess. Or maybe it was Harder to Breathe. Yeah, Harder to Breathe. He's wearing um, long sleeves, so you can't tell if he's got tattoos. Second video is This Love, topless, 
no tattoos, zero, zilch, nothing. Also scrawny as fuck anyway. Scrawny as fuck. And then third video comes in. She will be loved. And he's like in the pool, pool makeout scene. We've talked about it extensively. Uh, yeah. Two tattoos. He's got shoulder tattoos. Oh, two. Okay. So it kind of like builds, I guess, as they gain popularity. Obviously, he got more money. Tattoos are not cheap. Um, <laughs> but I was like looking at him and I was like, I almost don't even recognize him without his tattoos, which is weird. But I think it's because I've seen Adam Levine with his shirt off so many times on the television. Obviously, I don't have a shirtless Adam Levine in my home. <laughs> What have you been watching with Adam Levine topless? Is he porn star? There are so many. You 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 sent me this the uh, Adam Levine <laughs> SNL opening yeah. the monologue. He's shirtless in that. I'm like, why are you not wearing a shirt on SNL for your monologue? I'm confused. But his, I did see him like fully tattooed. And I was like, this is reminds me of like Justin Bieber going yes. with all of his tattoos. I'm like, this is what Maroon Adam Levine, sorry, reminds me of. It's the same vibe. They they both just wanted a fully tatted body. I don't a know. fully tatted torso, arms, everything, neck. It's, it, it's all there. I felt like this video is a really good example too of like the front man syndrome because yeah, Adam Levine's having all these like great scenes making out with his girlfriend and all of that. And the band's just like playing, just like, you know, <laughs> sticking to their roles. They're like the guys on the keyboard. He's like, yep, just, that's just Adam being Adam. Like it's just, it's very normalized that like he's doing his thing and they do their thing and it's always separate. <laughs> They're tweeted and stuff, and then it's just the band is all about Adam. It's just like everything yeah. is about which I just he's that's, objectively attractive. I get it. He's all right. <laughs> he's all right. Okay. I think he's objectively a, a very attractive, but we can agree to disagree on that one. He's not bad. I would give it like a seven, seven out of ten. Oh, how'd you know? <laughs> Twins. <laughs> um, okay, going back to so video aside, the song itself. Very catchy. I think it's a great example too of Adam Levine's falsetto. To me, that is like chef's yeah. kiss. Great falsetto. Very hot, hot lyrics, hot sexual lyrics. Um, and I actually found an interview that he did with that Adam did, sorry, with Rolling Stone, where he talked about how having these lyrics be very sexual in nature was his intention. So he said, I was so sick of typical lyrics like, ooh, baby, and I love you and all this vague shit. I thought the more explicit I got without being totally explicit was a nice approach. The little girls would enjoy them and it would go right over the grandparents' heads, but it would hit my ex-girlfriend like a ton of bricks. And I was like, damn. Whoa. Damn, Adam. <laughs> but it makes sense if you read the lyrics because he says, I tried my best to feed her appetite, keep her coming every night so hard to keep her satisfied. Doesn't need to be bleeped by the censors, but when you're an adult and you hear those lyrics, yeah. you're like, huh. That. You're like, I don't want my daughter very, singing this. He also sounds very vengeful. I think he was. He must be a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you agree, but I feel like vengeful kind of sassy angry maroon five is when they're at their best when they try and do sweet like in their later years when they did like um there's this song sugar which was like a big song i like don't buy it because i'm like adam levine you this is not you you're a vengeful bitch (laughs) (laughs) where do you want to go from here tiff uh what's what's the next song on your mind we can talk to how about harder to breathe first single off the album first track on the album I was curious um, about the song, so I kind of read into it. And apparently the song describes the band's frustration with their label, Octone Records, during the making of songs about Jane. So I guess they thought that they had enough material for an album release, but then the label told them to keep writing. So I guess Adam Levine wrote Hard to Breathe um, in frustration 
at the pressure, but in retrospect, he did say that he was kind of glad the label pushed them to continue writing uh, songs because Hard to Breathe, I enjoyed it. I feel like it was a hit. It was a single. Yeah. Um, and the song does open with like pretty aggressive lyrics. It starts off with like, how dare you say that my behavior is unacceptable, so condescending, unnecessarily critical. I had the tendency of getting very physical, so watch your step, because if I do, you'll need a miracle. I obviously Do you understand don't... why I thought you liked this song the best now? <laughs> because I'm just like a take-no-bullshit kind of person. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I also read that in like a very aggressive, menacing tone, but I'm not that kind of person. Anyway. But you're the sweetest person, actually, so... Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I do enjoy the song because it's kind of like a soulful, upbeat number. It's a good intro to the record. And I feel like it almost like, I guess, sets the tone for the first half of the album because it's really, it's like more powerful, more upbeat and poppy. And then once you kind of make it through like the first half of the album, it kind of gets a little bit more softer and like introspective, I find. Right. I I love that story about how this is a commentary on they're almost like feud with octone at the time um because i think when everybody hears it they think it's a breakup song i thought i thought it was a breakup song we know that this is like a breakup record we know who yeah the whole vibe the whole vibe is about this jane girl and clearly things didn't work out right so it was very easy for us as um listeners to make that assumption about what this song is and i like that adam has been pretty forthcoming about what the song is actually about I feel like this is a side of Maroon 5, this kind of like whiny, but like angry and sassy and edgy like vibe. I feel like we don't get to see it that often anymore. We had a brief glimpse of it, I'll say in like, whenever the song Animals came out, it was like 2013 or or some shit, which ended up getting a lot of hate, I think. But I think it was because it was more of the harder to breathe era of Maroon 5 versus the kind of top 40 era. Like I feel like they almost tried to trick their listeners into getting into that edgy, funky vibe again. And then the listeners were like, no, give us the, give us the hits. Give us the pop. It's a really cool song and it's very, it has different elements to it, which I like. Um, In the chorus where they're singing like, is there anyone out there? Because it's getting harder and harder to breathe. There's like a a breathing that happens in the background. Um, Very like quick, short breaths, like very stress inducing, um, anxious breathing as well, which I feel like fits the vibe of the song very well. And even, even if you do want to use this song as like a breakup song, if you like have a lot of hating feelings towards somebody, you could belt this shit out and you would feel so much better afterwards. Very good intro song to the record for sure. I agree. I agree. Uh, where do you want to go next from here, Tiffany? I think we should maybe switch it up a bit and maybe talk to like a song that, at least for me, that I didn't really enjoy that much. It's like one of the songs that I automatically skip for sure on, on the record. So Shiver would be the Shiver. one to speak to. Um, if you ask me to hum or try and sing the song, I wouldn't know where to begin. Like it's just not super memorable, but I also don't hate it with a burning passion. It's just, it's just okay. You yeah. Know? Um, and I'm pretty sure I used to like skip this song just so I could get to She Will Be Loved quicker because since like She Will Be Loved came right after. Um, plus listening to three singles in a row makes for a good continuous vibe, you know? But I would like to note that Shivers basically, like, are you a Star Wars fan? Do you watch any Star Wars movies or have you not seen any of at all? This is going to be very upsetting to people, but I have never, I have seen zero Star Wars films. Not even the newest reboot with like Adam Driver? No, I, I know who Baby Yoda is. But uh, no, like I could not tell you 
anything about those movies. Like <laughs> Darth Vader, sure. I know that Luke and Leia, sister, brother. Like I get it. Like I, I know it pop culturally. I know it, but I've never seen it. Do you know who Darth Vader used to be before he became Darth Vader? Darth Maul? No, it's a different Darth person. Oh. <laughs> nope, <laughs> I have no idea. Who was he before? So Hayden Christensen's character, Anakin Skywalker, becomes Darth Vader. Got it. Okay, well, um, you probably won't get this reference then. But to me, Shiver is basically the Phantom Menace of Star Wars. So Phantom Menace is the... So you know how like the original Star Wars movies... Um, which were episodes four, five, six. Those are the ones that feature like Luke and Leia and like that's when you- Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, yeah. Yeah, so that era. Then they did a second reboot, um, I forget. I was a teenager then, but that was, the second trilogy was like The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Um, And that was starring like Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker and Natalie Portman's in that one and so on. So, but the first one in that trilogy, The Phantom Menace, was garbage. It's filler. No one cares about young Anakin Skywalker storyline. And like, there's a character called Jar Jar Binks, the most fucking annoying. He, he's actually referenced as the most annoying Star Wars character ever. Um, so to me, I think Shiver is kind of like the Phantom Menace of Star Wars. It's just literally... The Phantom Menace of uh, Songs About Jane? Yes, because like the Phantom Menace like has no advancement. It doesn't advance in the plot at all. It's just like, you can just ignore it. Like a lot of people who, right. who rewatch Star Wars, they just don't even bother rewatching The Phantom Menace. And I feel like Shivers, like a similar vibe where like, you know what, this, this song kind of sucks. And if I skip <laughs> it, I won't feel bad about, I'm not missing out on anything, basically. <laughs> that was like a very long-winded explanation to just say you hate this song. <laughs> we had to learn about who Anakin Skywalker was just to get to the fact that you hate it. I feel kind of the same way about Shiver. I, I wouldn't say like I... I hate it necessarily. It's definitely one that like interrupted my flow because yeah, the, the album starts out with Harder to Breathe, This Love, and then it goes into Shiver and then it's She Will Be Loved. And I was like, why didn't they just like yeah, put them all together? Or at least like if you don't want them to be all together, then like put a couple songs in between. But it's like you build up all this momentum having Harder to Breathe and This Love. Then to kind of crash down to Shiver was kind of a strange choice for me. I feel like though this song definitely solidifies the fact that Adam picked a lane and like stuck with it when it came to songwriting because it's also a very sexual more explicit song lyrically than maybe some of the other songs in the latter half of the record um it's a bop though it's got a good guitar solo (laughs) i do want to quote some of the lyrics just to give some proof to the listeners as to why i think it's a sexual song so for example adam levine says you chew me up and spit me out enjoy the taste i leave in your mouth you look at me i look at you neither of us know what to do whoa i was like yeah sure Fair, valid, good for you, Adam. Like, okay, like, but again, you know, you can't fault the guy for being like, this is the, this is the direction I want to go in. And he just went there. This isn't going to be something that I like throw on my playlist and listen to forever. It's It's just there. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any more you want to talk about? We we can touch briefly on Swedish, sweet. I keep saying Swedish goodbye, but I- The Swedish goodbye. (laughs) But I really mean sweetest, but is the Swedish goodbye an actual thing? I wonder what that is. Because we've heard of the Irish goodbye, but what's the- What's an Irish goodbye? Oh, like an Irish exit. An Irish exit. Oh. When you just like ghost and you don't say goodbye to anyone and you just leave. Yeah. You're just like, bye. 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 So what's the Swedish goodbye? Do you like? They're like, off to Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. I'm sorry if I offended anybody's Swedish. (laughs) I was going to say, ouch, to the Swedes. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sorry. Anyways, sweetest goodbye. Sweetest goodbye. This goodbye. Um, so this is the closing track off the album. And for some reason, I always thought this song was a single, but I guess it never was. For some reason, I, I enjoyed it. And I, when I looked into the song, I, I did notice like a comment from a fan saying at one of the Maroon 5 concerts, Adam mentioned that the song is about long distance relationships and how it's so hard being away from each other. But, I'm some, but in some ways, it's better because when you do finally see each other, every minute of it is the best thing in the world. I've never been in a long distance relationship really, so I can't really relate, but based on that explanation, like I can kind of see it. What followed after when I read the comment afterwards, I found it pretty jokes because this chick wrote like, whoever he's singing this to, he just wants goodbye sex. Resist woman, resist. That was the comment like right after. And I was like, that's hilarious. Like that, so those were kind of like the notes that I made on that song just from like commentary from fans. I think that makes sense. I didn't, uh, I, I guess I didn't pick up on the long distance I didn't piece. pick up on that at all, but I wrote, yeah. like, I wanted to share it because I thought it was interesting. Sure. I mean, like, am I surprised by that? No, not really. Kind of makes sense. <laughs> um, I felt like for me with Sweetest Goodbye, it felt like a weird note to end the record on. I was kind of surprised because again, we and we've said this a bunch of times already, but like, there is a middle point in the record that comes in and it does kind of plateau into the softer, sweeter side of Maroon 5. But given that the singles are so much more hard hitting, I would have thought you wanted to end the record on a more hard hitting It was track. a bit anticlimactic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's, you know, there's the, there was the reissue of the album. There's like bonus track versions and all of that. Like I think some of the records actually include the um, Kanye West remix of This Love as the closing track. Oh. which I, I can kind of understand to be honest like you, you guys know I love Kanye and like that remix is like like I, oh it sucks <laughs> it kind of sucks in my opinion anyways it just it, it did it did it felt very anticlimactic for me as a listener I kind of said in my notes I was like is it bad that I want like douchey Adam back by the end of this record I was almost like missing the like harder to breathe this love yeah. side of Adam Levine and it just kind of bored me a little bit by the end so again I, I don't think I like fundamentally hate this record with like the fire of a thousand suns or sorry, I hate this song. I just, I struggle with the sincerity of, of him. And maybe if like it was back in 2004 and we hadn't seen the journey that the band was going to go on with them doing these like pot, like, I think we're jaded because we've seen where the band has come. Whereas, you know, back in the day, we didn't know what kind of band they were going to be yet. So maybe I'm just a pessimist. I don't know. Yeah. I just literally, I saw through them very quickly and I was like this is why I'm not following after the first album so Adam um, Levine you bore me all right we have reached the critical point in the podcast which is where we need to offer up our closing arguments on the album so in this case songs about Jane by Maroon 5 uh, and we also need to rate the album given our sponsorship from Town Brewery today we are going to rate songs about Jane out of five laugh basket loggers so Tiff, I'm going to let you go first. What are your final closing thoughts on the record and how would you rate it? I think this is going to be the lowest rating I've ever given on the pod. Um, oh, dang. I might be a bit biased though, because like throughout this conversation, like you already know that I, I feel like Maroon 5 is like an unlikable band <laughs> and Adam Levine kind of sucks in my opinion, but he has a good voice, you know, like he has some, you know, some good traits. And the album has like five singles for sure, but I would say like three of them are superior than the rest. Like Sunday morning, She Will Be Loved and This Love are 
the top three, like right. Harder to Breathe and um, what's the other one? Must Get Out. Yeah, Must those get two, out, yeah. Like, you know, like they're definitely secondary. And because to me, this album only has like three good songs and the rest are just kind of like neutral, neutral good or like not great. You know, they're just filler. Right. We're straight up bad. So in my opinion, um, I'm giving this album three out of five laugh baskets. There is a disclaimer. Like, have you had a score lower than three on the podcast so far? I'm trying to rack my brain. I, I think three might be the lowest. I think we've, we've dabbled in like a three and a half when we're trying to be nice on the podcast. I, I initially rated it as three and a half and I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it to a three. So just, just so you know my thought process, it was ranked as a three and a half and then I changed it. And you know what? I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you either though, Tiff. I think for this record, like for me, it's that it could have been more concise. I think it could have been more impactful had they removed some of the filler song. I mean, similar to what you were saying, right? There is a lot of filler on this record and a lot of repetitiveness as well. For me specifically, like through with you, and not coming home, like that's basically the same song. It's basically like Adam being sick of Jane's BS in two songs. And I'm like, you could have just had the one song or you could have just gotten rid of them completely because you basically talk about that in This Love. And we all know This Love was a hit. So you could have taken this from a 13 track record to an 11 track record. Better yet, get rid of something like Shiver, make it a 10, make it an easy like 45 minute listen. And then I feel like it would have been a little bit more, it would have packed more of a punch. Um, Yeah had it been more concise, but I do have to give credit where credit is due, particularly for me in the lyricism. Um, when I was coming into this and prepping, I was like, okay, the lyrics are going to be shit. Like they're going to be just so <laughs> well, but like, I, I don't know. I was just like, it's Maroon five. Like, like you said, it doesn't have a certain depth that some of the other artists that I follow might have, especially in today's day and age. And I was just expecting that, but in reading through all of the lyrics for the entire record, I was pleasantly surprised that there was more to just pretty boy Adam, you know, complaining about his girlfriend. And so that for me bumped it up slightly higher. I went with a three and a half out of five. The massiveness of songs like This Love of She Will Be Loved, Harder to Breathe, for me saved it from being a complete failure. It would have been super boring had the songs not been on the record. So I feel fair with your three out of five. I'm going to go three and a half laugh basket loggers out of five. And I think that is a very fair rating for this band. And I wish them all the best. I harbor no negative feelings towards them. This album is more for like nostalgia, like me being in high school and grade 12, like dabbling into, you know, the rock scene, but that this one happened to be more pop rocks. It was kind of like a transition album almost, if it felt like, but it wasn't like the greatest transition album. Like I would pick the killers any day. Or like some of the those other like top 2004 albums over Maroon 5 any day. They're just like very poppy. Nothing wrong with pop music. Let's not, you know, let's, let's not bash on the pop, the pop music scene. But it's just, it's just not for me. Just like it's how it's not like for you either, you know, at least not fully. 100%. It doesn't have the Seth Cohen seal of approval, in my opinion. <laughs> Not like the Christmas episode, you know? <laughs> it's not like the Christmas episode. Not at all. Well, Tiff, that does bring us to the end of our session today. So I wanted to thank you for coming back on the podcast for a fifth. We'll have to double check our numbers, but I'm pretty sure it's a fifth time. Always so happy to have you here. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on the album. And I can't wait to have you back. And you know what? Keeping my fingers crossed for 2021 when we can do this in person. No, I'm really hoping that the next time we record a session together, that it will be in person so that we can order that delicious pizza 
Shout out to Maker Pizza Support Local, Everything Bagel Crust. <laughs> the best pizza. pizza in Toronto. The best pizza in Toronto. One of the good ones. Yeah, it's like honestly so good. And I'm waiting for the day where we can record the pod, get drunk, and then enjoy some pizza after. Maybe watch some OC Christmas episodes, even though it's not probably won't be Christmas. But well, <laughs> let's, let's hope. That. Let's hope it's not Christmas by the time that happens. Yes, exactly. That sounds lovely though, Tiff. Thanks again for coming on and uh, cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Love you, girl. Love you too.